January 3rd. Our reading in the New Testament today will be from the book of Matthew, chapter 3, verse 7. We'll go through chapter 4, verse 11. Jesus was not baptized to confess any sins, since he was sinless. His baptism was his presentation to Israel, as well as a picture of his future baptism on the cross, when all the waves and billows of judgment would go over him. Now, the baptism of John looked forward to the coming of Messiah. Christian baptism today looks back to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and witnesses of the believer's identification with him. As we open up chapter 4 in the book of Matthew, we'll read about the victor. Public ministry is built on private victory. Our Lord was not tempted so that God could examine him, for the Father had already approved him. He was tempted for our sake, that he might personally know temptation and be able to help us when we are tempted. He overcame the devil by using the same weapons available to us today, the Word of God. He says very often it is written, the power of the Spirit and prayer. Well, now let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. January 3rd, Matthew chapter 3, verse 7 through chapter 4, verse 11. But when he, John, saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to be baptized, he denounced them. You brood of snakes, he exclaimed. Who warned you to flee God's coming judgment? Prove by the way you live that you have really turned from your sins and turned to God. Don't just say, we're safe. We're the descendants of Abraham. That proves nothing. God can change these stones here into children of Abraham. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever your roots. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. I baptize with water those who turn from their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is far greater than I am, so much greater that I am not even worthy to be a slave. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff from the grain with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, storing the grain in his barn but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John didn't want to baptize him. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, It must be done, because we must do everything that is right. So then John baptized him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, and I am fully pleased with him. Then Jesus was led out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted there by the devil. For forty days and forty nights, he ate nothing, and became very hungry. Then the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, 
Change these stones into loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say, People need more than bread for their life. They must feed on every word of God. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you're the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, He orders his angels to protect you, and they will hold you with their hands to keep you from striking your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say, Do not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him the nations of the world and all their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will only kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, You must worship the Lord your God, serve only Him. Then the devil went away, and angels came and cared for Jesus. I've had church members say, How can we get the world to like us better? And the answer is, Be worldly. That's the only way they're going to like you. Jesus said, the world hated me and it will hate you. That means if you're like Jesus, the world will hate you. Period. And if it doesn't, it's because you're not like him. You have two choices. You can either please God the Father or you can please the world. But you cannot please both because they're opposite ends of the pole and they do not mix. You will either offend God or offend the world. Make up your mind you can't be both. What's the point I'm making here? The point is you can never exhaust God's resources. You can never exhaust God's resources because He can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. You can see His mighty power, but when He gets through, He's not exhausted. He has much more strength ready to give you from day unto day. He can defeat any giant that's before you. He can produce trees in the desert. He can produce manna that will fall from the sky. He can send cloven tongues of fire in the upper room. He can walk on the water in the Sea of Galilee and salvage you the thing that you think is about to destroy you he can use it for a sidewalk to save you when you grow weary he can make you to run like Elijah 40 miles before the chariot when you grow faint he can give you strength he can send you power that you can't begin to touch you cannot exhaust God's power give him praise in the house of God he can walk into the tomb of Lazarus and say Lazarus come forth why does he call Lazarus by name? Because if he didn't call him by name, he has so much strength, every dead man on planet Earth would have gotten up. That's why our God is an awesome God. He is full of grace and truth. He is of the almighty El Shaddai, the conqueror of death, hell, and the grave. He's the conqueror of sickness and death. He's the conqueror of powers and principalities. He's the conqueror from Calvary. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the Lord of glory. And he's coming soon with power and great glory. Give him praise in the house of God. This is about the eternal souls of men and women. This is about your sons and your daughters. This is about the future of this nation. It's time for those who name the name of God to suit up and show up. This is a fight to the finish, and I intend to win it with the help of Almighty God. Psalm chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. If worry keeps you from getting a good night's sleep, 
Psalms 3 and 4 are what you need. Both Psalms were probably written when David was exiled from Jerusalem because his son Absalom had stolen the kingdom. Psalm 3 is a morning psalm. Psalm 4 is an evening psalm. How was David able to sleep when he was in such danger? The enemy was against him, but David knew that God was for him. God surrounds you, sustains you, and saves you. Are you trusting him? God is for you. As surely as he was for David, God is for you. When people discourage you, God lifts up your head and keeps you going. God never sleeps. So why should you stay awake and worry? Psalm 3, verses 1 through 8. A Psalm of David, regarding the time David fled from his son Absalom. O Lord, I have so many enemies, so many are against me, so many are saying, God will never rescue him. But you, O Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and the one who lifts my head high. I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy mountain. I lay down and slept. I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. I am not afraid of ten thousand enemies who surround me on every side. Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. Shatter the teeth of the wicked. Victory comes from you, O Lord. May your blessings rest on your people. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 10 through 19. My child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. They may say, come and join us. Let's hide and kill someone. Let's ambush the innocent. Let's swallow them alive as the grave swallows its victims. Though they are in the prime of life, they will go down into the pit of death. And the loot we'll get will fill our houses with all kinds of things. Come on, throw in your lot with us. We'll split our loot with you. Don't go along with them, my child. Stay far away from their paths. They rush to commit crimes. They hurry to commit murder. When a bird sees a trap being set, it stays away. But not these people. They set an ambush for themselves. They booby-trap their own lives. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for gain. It ends up robbing them of life.